Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. You see that picture of me that I just uploaded? It's like an old memory from 2014. No. Look how how little I am. Whoa. Isn't that weird? That's Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's crazy. Like, seeing that, like, what I wrote about it, too, is, like, so that's July 29, 2014. So it's six years ago. And I I remember being that size, and I think, because it was, like, after my physique show, like, a little while after. I'm literally probably 20 20 to 25 pounds heavier than that right now. That's crazy. Yeah. But that makes you, like, appreciate, like, long-term work to just build muscle. Progress, yeah. Yeah, because, like... You think, okay, I want to get bigger. All right, man, six years. Like, look back. You know what I mean? That's like, even me back then, I'd be like, fuck that. Yeah. That's so long. But it's cool seeing those pictures because it's like such a long journey. I looked at one of of me all chubby the other day because somebody said something about like, you never post pictures of that. And I literally have one picture I can find. I got to go through like my mom's photo album or something. But that's weird too. And that was 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Again, a long ass journey. It's crazy. I was re- good pictures. Yeah, I was rewriting my uh, my bio this morning uh, for the website just because I haven't updated it in so long. One of the lines even still said "boom boom performance." <laughs> I was like tweaking some things, and it's it's crazy to think like I wrote that not ten years ago, but fuck, I I wrote it like eight years ago. Like, there's a line in it talking about high school. Yeah. Like, I was talking about. Uh, a quote I heard in history class from Socrates and how that like started getting me to think about my body and blah, 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 blah. Just crazy. Fucking long time. Yeah. Did you update it? Yeah. I just updated it this morning. I just finished it before you got here, but yeah, it's it's fucking wild, man. This is the first week of, uh, three times a week. Yeah. Three podcast episodes a week. No, last week was technically this week as we're recording. This is, yeah. 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 So these don't go live immediately. I, I, I'm actually like some people like I'll do interviews. This has happened recently. Some people I'll do interview with them and they're like, cool, man, this will drop tomorrow. And I'm like, damn, okay. Uh, send me the shit. <laughs> That's quick. And I think they're just like fucking just trying to fire them out, you know, cause they don't have them like scheduled and structured like we do. Or, Whereas yeah. I was just on, I was telling you about a barbell shrugged, which is, they have like over 40 million downloads. I was like, and it goes out the next day. No, but this is this is my point. Oh. They have so, they're they're a really big show. Yeah, and he was like, "All right, this will go out in a while. We'll let you know." And I think that was four months ago. I texted him last week and was like, "Yo, what, is that podcast still airing?" He was like, "Yep, scheduled next week." And I was like, "Damn, you guys are four to five months in advance." Damn. So the first thing he says in the intro is like, "This is our first quarantine recording because <laughs> it was the first time they did like a yeah. Skype interview because usually they do it in person." And it airs in July. And it airs in July, and I was like, "Damn, bro!" Wow. But I mean, that's they have forty yeah. million downloads or thirty million downloads or something. That's a reason. Yep. You know, there's a fucking system. That's crazy. It's wild, but yeah, that was cool. I mean, 
Yeah, we're yeah. about. Um, speaking well, of which, we're about one month out for interviews, but yeah, but we had we we were piling them up. Yeah, and that's why I was like, that's what they're doing too, though. I stopped like reaching out to people because I was like, all right, you're right, dude. We need to cool down on these. So like, yeah. you know, focus on things. I'm I'm getting on more people's podcasts though. So if you're listening and you have like a handful of favorite podcasts that you listen to in this genre, fitness, health, nutrition, um, shoot me an email or a DM. Let me know if, if you have a list because I'm reaching out to people and I'm trying to get on their shows Yeah, just to start like basically just kind of expanding the reach. Um, and it was cool. I mean, we had between this week and last week, there was like four episodes on other people's show that aired Dope. with me on it. So it's, it's, it's cool because people want to talk, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's funny. Cause like y- you feel kind of weird. Be like, yo, like should let me be on your show. But every time they're like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm down. Let's do it. I'm like, oh, cool. That was easy. Yeah. And I, and I'm like timid at first. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Can I be on your show? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but they're all super cool. Do but they, they ever ask you like in return, like, Hey, can I get on yours? Uh, I do sometimes. Yeah. So like, uh, Cal Hunt, who has the absolute strength podcast that aired last week. Um, he has a pretty big show, really good guest on there. And I, that's what I said. I was like, dude, I'd love to be on your show. And he's like, dude, I'm down. I was like, you should come on mine. Like I value what you do. He has a few books out and everything. Like we'll talk about the books. Um, Justin Mahali, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He has a podcast called Grow or Die. He's just a fucking monster. Wow. Guy's a beast. And he's just super inspirational. Like he's just so amped up all the fucking time. And uh, I've had many people reach out and we're like, you guys got a podcast together. Just the way you talk. You got to do it. You got to do it. And we've been Instagram friends and like liked each other's shit for a yeah, while, yeah, but yeah. never talked. So I finally DM'd him. I was like, dude, this is like the sixth DM I've gotten about podcasting with you. So we should probably set something up. <laughs> And he was like, me too, man. Let's yeah. do it. So, Same idea as uh, listeners saying, hey, we should reach out to these people. Yeah. Like, you get multiple of those. You're like, all right, I probably should reach out to these people. 100%. And yeah. it's just cool to collaborate with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do good content. The right people. The right people. 100%. Yeah. Um, and, like, and I, and I mean, for the listeners, I keep it very tight. tight and specific to you guys because I've interviewed people that I never aired the episode because – they either rubbed me wrong or I had a feeling they would rub the audience wrong. And I'm like, you just, for lack of a better term, sound like a tool yeah. or a douchebag or, or this is just not how I thought this interview would go. Yeah. And it's just, I don't care how big of a name you are. It's not worth airing, you know, and putting a sour taste in people's mouth, for sure. which is tough because people with big followings, you yeah. can, you know, spread the message easier. But um, another thing too, I wanted to bring up is this week, technically, as they're listening to this, this is the last day to get the charity shirt because this airs next Friday, right? Correct. So today, as you're listening to this, this is the last day to get the charity shirt because it launched on Monday. Um, and this is an exclusive shirt. So this is not going to return. This is the got strong by lifting others shirt. We will never make this shirt again. All the proceeds go to fuck cancer, which is a really big charity, um, that we support. It's near and dear to our hearts because of some people in the tailored coaching members, team, community, um, our family, probably a lot of people listening as well. Cause yeah. so many people have been inf- affected by cancer in one way, shape or another through their family or friends. Um, so it's near due to our heart. So that's why we chose it as the first one that we are doing. Love it. Um, again, all the proceeds go to that. So when you click the link, you can buy a shirt. If you, um, y- you have to select amount of money or you can choose how much you donate. So the minimum is I think $30, 25 or $30. Um, I'd have to pull it up. And the reason for that is because it cost us twenty one eighty to make the shirt and ship it out. Therefore, 
you got to at least donate a few bucks, yeah. you know, to get a shirt. Otherwise, we, we encourage people 30, 40, 50, you know, leave us a good amount so we can do it. And just so everybody listening knows, we are matching everything donated. So whatever you put in, you can double that because we're going to personally match that so that we can just make it a bigger deal and, and donate more at the end of this this month. Um, but this is only available this week. So this will be the last day, Monday through Friday. Grab that. Next month will be a new shirt, um, new charity we already have some of the designs for the new shirts. I'm stoked about oh. it. It's actually like a fun thing to do too. Yeah. It's like making cool shirts. Um, so I'm excited about those. I won't give away too much, but this is the last time we'll make this shirt. So I'm so super, super excited about super, that. Super. If you guys have any questions, you can let me know, email me, DM me, whatever. Um, but yeah, go grab a shirt, support a good cause. Fuck cancer. That's dope. Yep. Can't wait to see the next design. Yeah. All right. So the first question is going to be from cat dot. Coburn says, hey, I don't know if this question would be better suited for the podcast, but here it goes. I have I have competed in an NPC bikini division. With the addition of wellness, I'm now uh, told not to get too much more muscular. I'm 5'9", built, uh, built muscle relatively easy. I had op- optimized my training and nutrition for hi- hypertrophy, but now I want to focus on maintaining the, the muscle I have without adding much more. I've decreased my training volume and still feel like I have great workouts, but I feel like I'm missing the quote-unquote goal to work toward in the gym. Any advice for a mental transition in the gym? Okay, so she did compete in an NPC, and now she's training for what? What's the question? She's just asking. Any advice for a mental transition in the gym? Oh, because she's not competing anymore. Yeah. And she's missing a goal to work. Yeah, I think I think you have to be uh, you have to start accepting that fitness is it's a unicorn. It's it's literally chasing the impossible. It's just like it's nonstop, infinite. So I think that like like happiness, chasing happiness, you're always going to chase it. Like it's never really going to get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm here, I'm done chasing happiness. You know, I'm happy now. Typically, same thing with success in business and life and relationships and everything. So I think you have to be okay with the journey itself and appreciating the journey and enjoying the journey because if you constantly have your your mind focused on this date or this competition, yeah. it's it's a rep- recipe for disaster. I see so many people go, oh, like I want to get lean. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a show. I'm gonna set a goal as a show, and then they create like disordered eating in the process and then gain the weight back afterwards. And yep. they're like, fuck, I got to do another show so I can have that mental motivation. It's like, if you're picking a bikini show just to motivate you to lose some weight, don't do it. Yeah. If you're doing a bikini show because you love the sport and science of bodybuilding, hundred percent do it because that's why you should do it. It's a yep. sport. Like I would never say I'm going to start playing in men's league football because I want to get lean. Like people be like, what? You're going to like get a concussion every few weeks just because like, especially because you don't know how to play football for shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no, everybody would laugh at that. You yeah. know what I mean? But for some reason, people assume that you should do a bikini show as a goal and like not to put CrossFit under the, uh, is it under the bus? Sure. Is that a term? Sure. I think that's the term. Um, but slander. it's kind of the same thing, yeah. right? Like I'm going to do CrossFit to lose weight. It's like, why? That's, that's a sport. Yeah. Like you should do that if your goal is to perform better in CrossFit. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, and no, I think I think a lot of people do CrossFit uh, to lose weight, but I, I'm not dogging on them. But it's just not the best approach. It's not the best approach. Yeah. The thing I will say is like for some people they need that group atmosphere. Yeah, it, dude, that's yeah. why I love uh, V or V or yeah. Vi or whatever that V V. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, they're popping up everywhere. Yeah. South Hill, Tacoma, uh, down here in Bonnie, Bonnie Lake. Lake. Um, I think there's two in Puyallup, actually. I think yep. it was like downtown and then South Hill. There is. But basically, it's 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 like a group and it's like CrossFit. Yep. It's only for women. And it's not CrossFit. Yeah. Like, they are using barbells. They are doing deadlifts. They are doing the rower and the salt band stuff. But it's... I can't, I can't speak to their programming. I don't know what their programming is, but I see a ton of women doing well, loving the process, yeah. losing weight, yeah. raving about it. Yeah. It's like, I'm all about it. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, but they just, they just built a source of community that girls love. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what CrossFit did yeah. for, for people who love lifting weights. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think, uh, I think for somebody like this, like you have to be, you have to think long-term. Like we just talked about this. Like uh, I saw a picture of me six years ago. Like back then, I wasn't training for an end date. I was training so someday I could look back and be like, man, I'm way bigger than I was back yeah. then. And stronger and healthier and more knowledgeable. July like, 2020. Yeah, dude. Six years later, it's like, holy shit. And, and that's why you train. It's, yeah, it's, it's sure. a constant evolution. It's a journey. It's, it just never stops. But I think you have to set really long-term goals. Like... I remember setting goals when I was like 20 years old and being like, when I'm 30, like 10 years from now, this is what I want to be like. Yeah. And I had this image of a ripped, jacked, powerful dude. Like, and I'm thinking in my head, I know people in my life that are like this. I know people who I don't know, but I look up to that are like this. I know how to get there. I know that the people that are there have been training for 10 to 20 years. So this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that was always my goal. And then the other side of it is setting performance metrics along the way. So like, my goal right now is strictly hypertrophy. I almost did it. Um, and I'm still setting goals of like, okay, I'm going to bench this much by yeah. the end of 90 days. I'm going to deadlift this much. I'm going to squat this much. I'm going to run this fast of a mile, which is going to be easy to beat because my last mile was horrible. <laughs> but point being is like those things allow me to just get through the monotony of bodybuilding, Absolutely. which is, all right, same program again. Monday and I'm starting to change things up more now because we're doing more Instagram content and I'm like I'm going to show more variations so like I mean you saw it yesterday with the squat squat doesn't change compound lift always stays the same yeah. and then I'm going to you know I did a I did walking lunges instead of barbell front squats after the squats same muscle groups generally a similar moving pattern but different variation um, just changing things up for fun but point being is like I'm doing the same thing this we're, we're six months in and I had this conversation with my coach the other day how much longer are we gaining for dude and it's like probably about like two or three more months trying to get closer to 185, which is another five or six pounds because I'm just like stuck at that 178, 179 mark. But that's you, a long time. Are you going to go in more of a surplus? We're going to have to. I mean, <laughs> pretty <laughs> soon. you're stuck, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way. Because it's one of those things too where I'm like, man, I'm getting kind of uncomfortable, you know, but it's like, fuck it. Because two, repetition or, um, or because you're already at 5,000 calories? Because I'm not at five thousand, but, but <laughs> that'd be a ton of food. Just saying, you're making. But I'm almost at three thousand, which sarcasm. is a lot for me. Yeah. yeah, but I think partially too because mm. I haven't been this heavy without actually being fat or overweight. Yeah. So it's like the heaviest I've been, and just the longest I've ever committed to this kind of process. I'm really excited to get lean. So it's kind of like one of those things where you it's want, just you really are itching for that cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, so I set these performance metrics. So I think for, for you, Kat, like the, the answer is really just set goals that are three, five, 10 years away, even though that seems so far down, that's how you're going to really embrace the process and enjoy the journey. Cause that's the truth. You have to enjoy the current process. You have to enjoy the day to day grind of it. 
versus only isolating your focus on a show yeah. or a date. Yeah. Um, and then set some performance goals. And it could be anything. Uh, I have a, I have a, like a metric that I track and it's a dumbbell flat bench press. Like I want to be able to do the hundreds for eight. I'm not quite there yet. I'm at like five or six reps. So it's like, how can I slowly progress that? And that's not like a one rep max that yeah. most people would track. You know what I mean? But you can still track it. So for sure. set some performance metrics and then just enjoy the process. It's Dope. a lifestyle. Yep. Dope. Great question. So, um, next question is from Gina. Torpin, I have been really working hard over the last two years to improve my strength and change my physique. I'm gen pop, so I'm uh, mostly just focused on slowly increasing the amount of weight I can lift. However, however, over time, my husband has become unhappy with the amount I can lift and states I am getting too bulky, showing too much muscle mass. <laughs> I don't want to give up my lifting and go back to doing cardio all the time, but there is a happy medium where I can challenge myself and stay, stay lean while also not increasing my muscle mass. Hopefully the husband doesn't listen to this podcast, but um, only because I'm going to completely disagree with what he's saying. I think that, so this, this might be hard for some people to hear, but I think that honestly, a lot of times when this happens, because women do not build muscle like that, you know, like if if you look at a professional crossfitter and you're like, that's too much. I understand they've been doing high volume training and tr- like choosing training and building muscle and strength for, since they were probably kids. A lot of them were like Olympic athletes before, yeah. when they were young and then they, you know, develop and they're more jacked than me. Totally understand that. But for the, for the most part, the average person, and I've, I, I swear I've seen her before because I think she's been a member in the past. That's not going to happen. The, you know what I mean? That's, that's not going to be something where like, you're not going to build that much muscle that quick. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Um, and I think most guys who are afraid Naturally. of that are typically not doing their part. They don't lift. They're not getting stronger. They're not improving their physique. And so they don't want their significant other to. It's the reason why divorce rates are actually higher when one person has an extreme weight loss and the other doesn't. Yeah. Or vice versa, like starts gaining muscle or training and stuff because it's a lifestyle shift. And if they're not willing to change Match. their lifestyle too, it can cause some conflict. Um, I even know this personally because I remember my stepmom, she did CrossFit to lose some weight. And my dad said that. And I was like, dad, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. She is not like there's n- I don't even see any muscle yeah. being built like no offense but there's no muscle being built. Yeah. She just can't lean. and it's because you're not training. It's because you got a bad hip. It's because so on and so forth. And thankfully he just had hip surgery so he's getting better now but yeah. and now guess what he's doing? He's like as soon as this is done I can actually squat and stuff. I need you to train me. I need you to give me a diet and like he's all about it now and I'm like because you can. Yeah. Right? So I think sometimes it's just that people will put others down when they're not in a position to do it themselves or they're not willing to make the sacrifices yeah, to do so. It could be either or. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, I know you want like a tactical thing because she asked like, what should I be doing with my training to avoid my husband thinking this way or getting bulky? I would just have lower volume training, you know, and stay at maintenance or in a deficit. Like if you're in a deficit, obviously you're not going to build muscle. If you're at maintenance, you're probably not going to build a ton of muscle either. Um, if you do, it's going to be very slow, especially because you're at maintenance and you're a female. Um, and then just have a lower volume training. Like I wouldn't be doing six days a week of high rep bodybuilding style training. You know, yeah. I would do three or four days of full body, low rep strength training, and then some like conditioning at the end. I think you're going to get stronger. You're still going to be able to like set PRs and feel empowered. So that's going to give you that feeling. And then the conditioning is going to help caloric expenditure and keep you leaner. Um, 
and I think well-rounded. Like if you're doing some low rep stuff, moderate rep accessory and like conditioning every session, you're doing that three or four times a week, your general health is going to be much better than it would of a bodybuilder who's doing tons of volume anyway. 100%. So that's probably the route I would go. Um, but I would just make sure it's not because of your husband's insecurity, right? Because if it is, then you're changing your passion and yourself and what you want to do and achieve for, someone else. for somebody else. And that's not okay. You know? Touche. And, and I mean, and I know that firsthand because Shannon never was into this shit whatsoever before she met me. Like she trains now sometimes, like not a ton, but she yeah. trains like she, every week she trains, but it could be one day, it could be four days. Yep. It really, it's really no telling. Um, and it's mainly just because she's a mom now and she just wants to be healthy. Yep. Like, but she never dieted. She never, I lied. She dieted in the past because she was actually, she did like modeling and stuff. And it was like, it drives me crazy when I hear about the type of diets they would do to like try to get lean for whatever photo shoot they were getting hired to do. It's like, it's disgusting. Mm. Basically starving themselves. Yeah. But, um, point being is, is she came into this and was like, wow, you're obsessed with this shit. And I don't care at all. You know, I want to eat ice cream when I want, have wine every night. Like I don't care. And I was like, okay, do it. I don't yeah. give a shit. I'm not going to judge you. You don't judge me for weighing my food and tracking macros and bodybuilding. Like, <laughs> Touche. Yeah, yeah, which realistically is more weird. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're going to allow me to do Most, it, like, I, yeah, do your you're thing. the minority. Exactly. <laughs> do your thing. So I think it's funny when people in my position, like, dis- discriminate or, like, hate on people who don't do it. It's like, well, that's actually, like, normal society to yeah. not do it. Like, yeah. You're kind of out of the norm. So. It's not healthy. Yeah, but. I don't want to say unfortunately, but it, it depends on how, like how much ice cream and how much. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, because but normal society has dessert. Yeah, you know so like I mean? Shannon, <laughs> like last night I had. We always have dessert every night. Yeah, I make like my protein and fruit shit. You know, yeah. with powdered peanut butter. Like it's like super healthy. And then hers change all the time. Sometimes it's Ben and Jerry's. Sometimes it's like Greek yogurt with some chocolate chips. Like yeah. it's somewhat healthy. Like. Some nights she has wine, some nights she doesn't. When she has wine, she'll have like half a glass. But like that's like a normal healthy – like she eats healthy meals and then has a glass of wine. Like that's a normal person. Yeah. But if somebody's trying to actively chase a different body composition, yep. it's a different story. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that answers the question. For sure. Best of luck, Gina. She said she might have been an old client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our next question is going to come from Alicia Bray. She says, advice on how to motivate slash inspire slash entice loved ones to take charge of their health. I've been trying to lead by example for over a year with my husband. I have been working with Lisa, uh, tracking macros and working out consistently. He's a big dude, 6'4", 295 pounds. So I, so I think he'd do well with resistance training if he could get the ball rolling. I'm at a loss some days because I feel like I have tried every trick in the book with him. Uh, I want us to have a long and healthy life together, but he's 37, not shaking off these unhealthy lifestyle traits. I'd love, I'd love him to get with a coach, but he put the brakes on that. Man, a lot of, uh, relationship questions today. Yeah, no shit. I was Cody. I would, not that I am Dr. Phil or Dr. Cody relationship therapist, but, um, I would do a few things. Number one, I would potentially get him to do blood work because I know for some guys, they need like proof, proof and like hard red flags to be like, oh shit, I got to do this. Like, so if he does blood work and the doctor's like, hey, 
your cholesterol is pretty bad. Your triglyceride levels are pretty bad. Your testosterone is below average. Like, and they're naming shit off. He, all those things are related to having too much body fat on your body. So he'll see that and be like, oh, shit. Like, I do need to do this, right? And sometimes having a good doctor or somebody in – I mean, if you won't talk to a coach, then that's not that's hard. But, like, I'm going to be able to get through him better than his wife would yeah. because I can relate to him yeah. in the sense of being unhealthy. And I'm a guy, and I could say, man, like, don't you want to feel – what it feels like to have crazy productivity, good energy, good digestion, good sex drive, you training, you like the way you look, like that feeling is well, What if someone says, I do? Let's go. Let's get no, started. no, 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 no. I mean, you like, do you want to feel it? And if they're like, I do feel that way. I am very productive. I do have great sex drive. I, okay. So in that scenario, I'm just saying, what, but they work. don't know blood work. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's easier for me to have a conversation with him than it is her. But even for After me. After the results. Before the results. Okay, okay. You know, because I'm going to be able to get through them. It's just like if your mom gives you advice and you're like, okay, mom. And yeah. then somebody else gives you advice. You're like, oh, that's a great fucking idea. And yeah. She already told you that. Right? But my point with this is I'd probably be able to get through them quicker. But if either of us failed, that's when I would go to blood work. Okay. Because now it's like, okay, like you, you don't want to like understand. Because a lot of people, he says, like, and this is this is fact. I do feel that way. Yes. Because you don't know what it feels like to feel better. Yep. Because you've nope. never felt that's better. That's what I mean. You've yeah. been overweight this whole time. You know Correct. what I mean? So, but in that case, I'd say, hey, let's look at blood work. And then we can show you, like, here's all the red flags that we're seeing with your health and your body. Those will allow you to kind of start opening your eyes. Yeah. And then um, if it comes to training, I, I think the best thing to do with guys like that is low rep training with, like, goals every, you know, couple weeks. Because if he's doing like a five three one program where he's doing five reps, three reps, and then one rep, deload, repeat, he's maxing out basically every four weeks. That's fun for guys like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, you don't want to do cardio and diet. Okay, but like let's see how much you can deadlift. Yeah. Like deadlifting a fuck ton of weight burns a lot of calories. Yeah. So pushing him to do that and then what he realizes is like, man, when I sleep better, I train harder and I have better PRs. When I eat right before I train – I have better PRs. And so now, like, you just go, hey, here's here's the gym. Like, let's max out. Get him a program that he'll be able to test his strength on. That'll motivate him to do all the other habits that are required to get healthy and lose weight. So uh, the best things to do is either, A, try to get him in a conversation with somebody that could, like, see more eye to eye with him. If that doesn't work, get him to do some blood work. If that doesn't work and or if it does, um, go with performance-based goals because weight loss isn't important to him. Short term. Yeah, and I don't know many guys who wouldn't want to be stronger. You know, like, hey, you'll make me happy, you'll be healthier, and you're be, going to be stronger. Yeah. Most guys would say yes. Yeah. And and sometimes it's it's one of those things, too, where you almost have to convince them to try something you know they're not going to be able to do. So it's like, hey, let's – like, we should try doing a barbell squat. He can't squat full depth. Like, fuck, I can't even squat. All right, well, let's knock out 10 push-ups. Fuck, I can't even do 10 push-ups. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're sweating getting to the end of the driveway. Like, those are the things that will trigger you to do. And this is, dude, no, that was This is me. a large human. 6'4", 295. I know. That's a huge human. Well, not very only. Very tall. Yeah, very tall. So it's hard to say, like, how overweight he really is. No, yeah. I'm just you know saying I mean? mass-wise. Yeah. But still, like, I remember one of the things that really motivated me is, like, I could do, like, one full chin-up when I first got into stuff, if that. And I was like, dude, that's humiliating. Fucking 18 years old, I can't do some chin-ups. I mean, yeah. No, I told you. Most mean. people can't. Exactly. I yeah. 
but the people I looked up to could. True. And, and going back to like that, the bio I was writing for the website, there's that quote by Socrates, and he says, it basically he says it's a disgrace for men to live without seeing the full potential of what their body can do. And that resonates with me a ton because it's like, man, I could be a, like a fucking modern day warrior, as crazy as that sounds. Like, but I'm too unathletic, immobile, and overweight to sprint, jump, throw, lift, run longer than fucking two laps around the track. Yeah. To me, that was like, this is pathetic. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to do shit. Understood, yeah. You know what I mean? That's why, like, that's one of the main reasons why I got a gun. I was like, I want to be able to go to, drive, like, the shooting range. I want to go through it. I'm looking for one right now, but I can't find one. So, I think my brother-in-law is going to take you me through it. can't find a gun? No, a tactical course. Oh. Unless I travel, <laughs> like, across the country, which I'm thinking about doing. But basically, like, there's tactical courses where they're like, all right, we're going to teach you load it, cock it, shoot it, aim at these things. We're going to take you through a course yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. doing, like, just Navy SEAL shit. Um, and I've, I've just always wanted to do that because it's just like that's a cool manly fucking thing to do. Throwing axes, very cool and manly. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. We used to do that when we were camping um, and knives. But like to me, like things like that are like what – like even I even thought – me and Travis Hunt were talking about bow hunting. Yeah. And it's like fuck, that's a manly thing and you got to trek with a backpack, walk all day, camp yeah. out, be still. That's hard. Yeah. But it's those challenges as men that like push us to try to be more. 100%. Um, and I think sometimes you got to find that thing for them. We just we just uh, brought a guy on uh, for nutrition. He's working with Brian who he lives in such a remote place in Canada that when I called him, the <laughs> the ID thing. So it's like plus. No, it lit, no and instead of saying like Vancouver, British Columbia, it literally said the house 100,000 miles up. Canada word for word I sent Brian a screenshot I was like dude where is this guy yeah and uh and he's probably listening uh and I was like that's the coolest thing so I'm talking to him he was like 65 years old hunting hiking uh I don't remember if he said kayak but just doing tons of stuff outdoors up in the mountains of Canada and he's like I need nutrition to to fuel the stuff I do at this age I was like that is so badass that is cool you're a fucking man <laughs> like that's so cool that is wild I would love to be able to do it my grandpa uh, my mom's dad from, he's from Hungary yeah. and he went through the war and he has like these crazy stories of the Hungarian revolution, but he was a, I believe a kayaker in the Olympics, but I think he was, I think for it, maybe it was Hungary or maybe it was, I think the, I think the Olympics were hosted in Italy this is way back, but he was like a, kay, a kayaker, single kayak racing in the Olympics. Wow. He, he's traveling around the world right now. Hikes. I remember seeing him shirtless. Yeah, dude, shirtless doing chin-ups at like 70 with the six-pack. And I'm like, he's like 80-something now. Jesus. Not as ripped. But, dude, he's you would never guess how old he is because wow. he's always doing stuff, riding bikes through. Like, he'll send us a picture riding a bike through trails in the mountains of Germany, and you're like, what the fuck? What? That's sick. Yeah. He's a beast. <laughs> Super cool. He, he took <laughs> – Adrenaline junkie. Yeah. He took my mom, my aunt, and my grandma at the time, his wife – um, for three months, I think it was, and it was called, uh, I think it was called living in the wild. It was on the discovery channel. Oh yeah. And they just, they, a plane dropped them off and they just had to survive. And there was a camera guy. His name was, uh, the camera guys was, is either Olog or Olaf. I met him at my aunt's funeral and, uh, and he looks the same. He's old, but he's just killing it. Like, wow. Your mom did this. Yeah. When she was, dude, she was like five. Oh, maybe. what the? Yeah. Like really young, maybe six or seven. <laughs> and then my aunt's a couple years older than her. And they just – they went down there. They had, like, camping gear and a 
couple kayaks in three months in Alaska. Three months? Yeah, dude. That's absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. My mom still has like the old tape from like the recording TV on Discovery Channel. Wow. It's wild, dude. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know anyway, where that stemmed from. Oh, you got to find some manly shit for your your husband to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's where it came from. Yeah. All right. Next question, uh, Aurora Ramirez. Your thoughts on supplements when consuming a lot of carbs or cheat meals? I've read, seen, and heard of certain weightlifters taking certain supplements when consuming over forty grams or on cheat meals, so the the fat and carbs are assumed. Or assuming get used. Oh, I'm a I'm assuming get I'm, used. I'm assuming get used up properly if if that makes any sense. Um, y- yes, I know you've probably heard this, but it's not validated by that much research. I mean, there was a point in time where I definitely did this and promoted it because there wasn't enough research to debunk it. And theoretically speaking, it made sense. So what she's talking about is GDAs, glucose disposal agents, and theoretically and technically they do work yeah but it works better for the eight percent male body fat bodybuilder right like the guy who's already super lean and Mm -hmm. wants like the extra half a percent to get better results Uh, but for most people it's not going to do much so glucose disposal agent is basically a pill it's usually a complex of multiple nutrients or herbs supplements that help absorb carbohydrates by improving insulin sensitivity as you intake carbs so it doesn't really work as much. It's not really for protein or fat because your body's not going to absorb protein and fat as glucose or yeah. muscle glycogen. Um, and typically a GDA has cinnamon, ALA, chromium, berberin. They're all glucose disposal agents technically. However, and it is important to have healthy blood sugar levels, have healthy insulin, but the predominant factor of insulin is going to be uh, your level of leanness. So it's kind of one of those things where if you're already lean or you're getting leaner, you're going to have good insulin sensitivity too. It's almost going to make a non-noticeable difference. Berberin is the strongest one, um, and they've seen it be just as powerful as metformin, which is a pharmaceutical level one that you have to get over the counter for diabetics. So, But that's the point. You have to get over the counter. Like it's a drug. Like you, you can't just buy it on the shelf. Berberin, you can. Okay. Berberin's like a natural herb, gotcha. but it's it, it's shown to be just as strong in improving insulin sensitivity. Um, I've used berberin on cuts, like when I'm getting ready for a photo shoot at the last like four weeks mm-hmm. or something. Um, and I've used it with clients who I suspect might have insulin resistance. Okay. So those people are like, you are or were very obese and you have 80 pounds to lose or you've already lost 80 pounds and you're struggling to lose the last bit. You might have some insulin resistance. We're going to use berberin because it might improve that insulin sensitivity and help. Um, and then people with actual metabolic issues like diabetes yeah. um, or technically uh, insulin resistance is a metabolic issue. Um, so I think that like in those special scenarios, it works for bodybuilders trying to get super lean. It might give you the upper edge. The other thing too, though, is there was some research that came out about berberin and these glucose disposal agents. And it, I'm not going to be able to like explain this perfectly. I'd have to pull up the research again. Um, But I talked to, um, who was it? I had him on the podcast. Um, It'll come to me. But we talked about this exact thing, glucose disposal agents and stuff. I can't remember who it was that I had on that we were talking about this. And 
it, it messes with levels of AMPK, which is a precursor for muscle growth. So if we start messing with that, it's like, okay, we're maybe we're absorbing more carbs, but are we blunting some of the hypertrophy anyway, which is why we'd want the carbs to be shuttled in faster is so that we can shuttle them into muscle and build more muscle. It's mm. kind of like, is it counterbalancing it? Yeah. So it's like, oh yes, we're taking it, but then, oh wait, it, it fucks with AMPK. Um, again, there's not a ton of research either way. Um, and berberine has been shown to be really beneficial for general health too. So I think there are times when glucose disposal agents are um, useful. Uh, it's just they're less often than they are more often. Um, and I use them sparingly. And then the last thing I will say about this too is you can you just use natural things that are going to improve insulin sensitivity. Like the right foods in your diet, eating high fiber foods, putting cinnamon on some of your foods, stuff like that helps. And then um, like a GDA isn't like a magic pill for a cheat meal. Like it used to be the point where I'd be like, okay – took a gda i can eat whatever the fuck i want cheat meal you know and you just start eating because you're like oh i got a gda man it's all gonna go to muscle like because that's what marketing makes you believe when you're new to this stuff and you don't really understand because they've been around forever um go buy a bunch of gdas yeah and there's a there's a reason why like supplements go in waves like gdas were like a huge thing and then now it's kind of like oh i haven't seen a new gda supplement come out in a long time why because there's not much research to prove it but why or does there's a lot of research to debunk it? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. One of the two, um, because a supplement will come out and gets popular, and now research is like, okay, let's study this, and then you yeah. know a clinical trial takes eight to twenty four weeks, and then it's got to go through peer reviewed. It could be one to three years before it gets published. True. So by the time we're like, oh wait, it's not that great. We've been taking it for three years. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't think it's I don't think it's useful for the most part, and I think it's it's yeah. There's a reason why things like creatine just never go out of style. Creatine monohydrate. It's well, has it just a good product? Yeah, it's been researched and millions of times. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and that's again, like I always <clears throat> shout out Creapure, but one of the reasons why I love them is because they fund a lot of those studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and other companies that fund them, Creapure usually gets used. So it's like when we're talking about like the top edge creatine research, usually it's done with Creapure, which is really good to know because Creapure sources a lot of companies. Yeah. You know, those are the ones that we recommend for sure. But yeah. All right. Um, yeah, we got a lot of questions. We'll go rapid fire. <clears throat> I'm not gonna be able to pronounce his last name. Ashley Abenor. Aben- Sounds right. Abenor, yeah. Best way to adjust training when you should be increasing percentage of one rep, but aren't quite ready for the next weight available. More reps or sets. Uh, I think you said you discussed this in an upcoming podcast, but if not, thoughts on weight straps like versus straps. I feel like I could go heavier for lower body if my grip forearms didn't give out so quickly. So I only have access to dumbbells. Okay. Um, so two several A&B. questions. As far as the straps go, 100% use them. I think people will get in this mode of like you're a wimp if you use straps. So people will try to avoid them because it doesn't build grip strength. But it's like if you're lifting heavy weights, you're going to build grip strength because even with straps, you still have to hold the fucking bar. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. So if, if – like I use straps or grips or powder or anything like that chalk when I get over a certain weight on the deadlift, when I get over a certain weight on the one arm row, like anything I need to go heavier on, but my grip is a limiting factor. I'm going to use straps versus, I don't have versus grips, but from what I've heard, versus grips are great. So a lot of people like those. I like versus grips better than straps just because straps you have to wrap around. So sometimes it can unravel. Um, but I typically just use chalk if, if I'm trying to get better grip. Um, but I'm all about it. If it lets you lift heavier on your legs, then 100% do it. As far as 
what to do with progression if you can't jump up the weight and you're supposed to. This is why I like RPE or RIR-based programs, right? Because maybe it's like – and this is like usually when I program inside the Taylor Trainer and I say five reps at 80 to 85%. I never say like 85. Like I've done a program that said 92.5%. Like it's like fucking exact this week. So to me, I'm usually like 75 to 85 or 80 to 85, like a 5 to 10% range. And then your RPE is a 9 yeah. Right, you're going close enough to failure to get the most maximal gains, but you're staying far enough away from failure where you don't like butcher your last rep, have bad form, hurt yourself. Um, so, if today your RPE of nine is seventy-five percent, go with that. If it's eighty-five percent because you're feeling fresh, go with that. Um, I think being so focused on hard numbers and percentages on on the paper is usually how people get hurt. Yeah. Um, like five three one is a great program. It's it's you know, you have percentage of percentage based powerlifting program. I've used it many times with clients and with myself over the years and it does work. But there was plenty of times where I hurt my back deadlifting because I was like, well, fuck the paper says 425 today. I'm deadlifting it. Yeah. And I did not feel good. I got a long day, hours of client work. It's late at night. Like, and I'm still going to do it because the paper says so. And then I hurt my back, you know, and then I can't train for a week. Like can't train hard for a week because my back hurts. Whereas I would have rather been like, Supposed to do 425, but I'm going to follow the RPE of 9, and I'm going to do 395 because that is going to be – like I'm actually going to be able to do that for Better one. Suit you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't don't take the the paper as it's written in stone. Go with RPE or, or reps in reserve. For sure. I like RI. I like RIR. It's easier. Yeah. I've been using that more. I still have some programs that use RPE, but I started going RPE 8 slash RIR 2. Because that way, for people in the membership group, they're like, if they resonate better with RPE, cool, it's right there. If yeah. they resonate better with RIR, it's right there too. But I like RIR better too because it's just easier to think like like when we do our training, it's like, all right, we're leaving two in the tank on this set. 100%. You know? Yeah. You're not thinking percentage. All right. Next question is from uh, Maria Beerson. Uh, who are the first fitness influencers you looked up to in the fitness world? When I started, I don't think there was influencers. Like, that wasn't a thing. There wasn't, like... I had influences, like, people who influenced me. But when I, when I first... Exactly. But when I first started, there wasn't, like, Instagram gurus and models no, and, yeah. you know, fitness inspirations on, on social media. Basically, what it was, was there was strength coaches, and you either knew them because you trained with them in person, or you knew them because they had a good blog, and you would read their articles. Um, I remember looking up to people that I had literally never seen physically talk. Like I've never seen videos. I've never heard audio because podcasts weren't Just big. Read. YouTube wasn't big back then really for fitness. Um, it was articles. Blog- yeah. And that's why I started with blogging is because 10 years ago, that's what it was. You just blogged. Um, so I think that, you know, for me, it was that reading books, articles, and then just knowing who they were from like meeting them at workshops and stuff like that. And if I think about who those influences were, um, definitely Jay Ferugia and Nate Green because they were two guys who were – like I would say Nate Green identifies himself more as an author. Oh, yeah. But – and Jay Ferugia wrote a lot. And he those are kind of like two guys that kind of pioneered like making money from a blog or like writing programs on like – like Jason had his uh, uh, like membership site thing. It was like inter- Reg- Renegade Inner Circle that I was a part of for a while. Uh, Nate Green had an online coaching program called Scrawny to Brawny where he helped guys build muscle. Um, John Berardi was in there too. 
he worked side by side with Nate Green, but he ran Precision Nutrition, so he's a legend in the space. Um, he was a big influence. Uh, John Meadows, the Mountain Dog, was a huge influence. He's really big on Instagram and YouTube now, but back then, it was just his eBooks and his training programs that I was doing. Um, so he was a big influence. His articles too. Um, Christian Thibodeau was a huge influence, uh, mainly from reading his articles on T Nation and Definitely. running his programs. And I've met him a handful of times too at just different seminars and stuff. Um, I mean, those those are probably in Eric Helms. That's those are probably the ones. Yeah. I mean, what what are you laughing about? Oh, I just think they were asking for two or three. Oh, <laughs> I got fifteen of them. Well, that like I I don't think there's either any of them that like are more than those. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say yeah, Eric Helms, Jason Frugia, Nate Green, John Brardy, Christian Thibodeau, and I might in th- John Meadows, and I might throw Matt Ogus in there. Matt Ogus never really produced like, and he still doesn't write articles from what I know of like long form educational content articles, but he had like a vlog, and he was like the first young natural bodybuilder to like get on social media huh. and start like documenting what he does his journey or yeah exactly what he was eating what he was training it was like and it was like really cool because it was like he he's a similar size similar age and he's doing it and this is how he's doing it so i started learning from him and just watching the lifestyle and it kind of motivates you to do the same yeah and then he really he eric helms would have blew up no matter what he's a genius but eric was matt's coach and Eric wasn't like big on social media or anything. And he, he would go on Matt Ogus's channel and do like Q and A's with Matt. They would huh. sit outside of Chipotle. I, I don't forget like 2012 videos, like really old sit outside of Chipotle. And he would just ask Eric questions. And Eric, that was the first time I ever heard about like flexible dieting and like periodizing your macros. And I was like, Whoa, this is different. Uh-huh. That is not what I did for my bodybuilding show. Like, let me dig into this. And then I found all of his stuff in 3DMJ and then like, sent me down another rabbit hole. So, but again, it's funny because that was the only one from YouTube. Everything else was books and articles. Yeah. But it's funny how that so is Matt now. So Matt came along at a different era a little bit. Yeah. he. I mean, it was a long time ago, but he was like the one of the first ones to the, do YouTube, I think. Video stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like Christian Guzman has done videos for a long time, but I never resonated with him, his as much. I love Christian. I think he's super successful, super inspiring. I, I rock his shit all the time. Like, yeah. um, but like Matt was like, here's what I'm eating. Here's how I'm training. Here's my programming. Here's a, here's my coach, Eric. He's going to explain some stuff. And it was like very informative for sure. Versus like, check out my lifestyle, Yeah, which yep. is cool for some people, but yep. you know, totally. Yeah. And now, I mean, I don't have favorite influencers now. <laughs> my favorite influencers are like my friends and they're not like influencers. Yeah. They're just coaches. Cool friends. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right, next question goes. It's Iona Aceline. Looking to learn and get better at programming workouts. Where's a good place to start? All those people I just mentioned. <laughs> Go check out their stuff. Um, one thing I will say is I have a free uh, seminar recording, two of them, on programming. on programming on our website. So we'll link those in the show notes so they can check that out. It's completely free. You'll get a – I think one of them's like – three hours long and me just going deep into programming. So, um, check those out because that'll teach you a ton. Um, read the muscle and strength pyramids, read, um, I would watch the muscle and strength pyramids too. subscribe to mass research reviews so and get update on the latest science. Go check out stronger by science, practical programming is a good book. Um, and then, and then I would say like invest money into other coaches, programs, membership sites, or workshops, because I, I can think of textbooks that I have read 
and certifications I've done that are like very dry textbook, yeah. like chapter three is on energy systems and you read about things and those help. But like when it comes to programming, programming is just as much of an art as it is a science. 100%. And I think to understand the art, you have to go sign up for the Taylor trainer and see how I'm programming, programming and then go in the group and ask me questions about it. Like, like I answer questions almost every day learning. in there. Exactly. Go through a program and then drop 10 questions in a post and tag me. And I'll be able to like dive into all the answers. Go buy Dr. John Rustin's programs, Joe DeFranco's programs, Christian Thibodeau's programs. Go get certified by John Rustin in person so you can see him do his thing in person. Joe DeFranco has a cert. Do that in person. Like I think stuff like that is going to pay so much more dividend because you'll do all these things. Like if I look at my training and somebody's like, what's your training style? I'm like, well, it's a combination of – you know, what I learned from John Meadows and Mountain Dog Training and Louis Simmons and Westside Conjugate Method and Dave Tate with Elite FTS and Chad Wesley Smith with Juggernaut, but also um, some of the bodybuilding principles I've learned from Eric Helms and 3DMJ as well as Lane Norton. And it's like all these fucking things. Yeah. Jeff Nippard coached me for a while, so I'll have a lot of his tactics in there. And it's like I have all these things, fucking CrossFit, and now I have like, okay, now I have my style. Yeah. Because I understand what's good about them all, what's yep. bad about them all, how to make them fun, how to integrate them. How they're different. And now, you know, what's cool is like my hopes in five to 10 years, somebody's going to be like, well, you know, I've learned a lot from Cody and then <laughs> John. And then like they put my shit in that mix yeah. um, to teach them yep. because everybody has their own style. 100%. So I really think, yeah, just buy, like I've, I've Go bought dip your toes in different places. So many, dude, I'm, I'm currently a part of like four membership sites right now because Damn. I just want to see it. Like, how are you doing it? Yeah. How are you programming? Oh, those are good ideas. Like, that's a good way to periodize that. Um, there's no periodization there. Why? Like, let me look at that. Uh, and there may not be a reason there may or may not be a reason. And then the eBooks, like I buy, like some of them are even my friends and I still buy them or there are people I look up to. I'm like, I'm not going to do this training program, but I'm going to buy it because I want to read it. I want to see how you do it because it's all just information. It's all knowledge. Yeah. But that's, that's the best thing you can do. Agreed. All right. Uh, we're going to go from G lane. Uh, if you could access a full gym one time per week, what would you do? If you could if you could only access a full gym mm. one time per week, what would you do? Other days, minimal equipment at home. Clearly asking for herself. I'm she, yeah, she probably <laughs> only can get to the gym one day a week. I would go in and I would do bench. Part of me wants to say bench squat deadlift. But I might not do bench squat and deadlift because I think that's just a super taxing day. Yeah. I would probably pick two. So I would do one upper body press. So probably bench press. And then I would either do a squat or a deadlift, whatever you want to improve on. I'd probably do deadlift because I think there's uh, there's a lot of good ways to crush your quads with minimal equipment at home. Yeah. So I'd probably go bench press, deadlift, um, and then – if you're the type that has energy, do a squat too. I mean, I've done bench squat deadlift all in one day, like a DUP powerlifting program, and you can do it. And then I would literally spend uh, like three to four exercises just crushing my back, heavy rows, uh, heavy like carry shrugs, anything I can do with just heavy weight, um, and probably just a bunch of vertical pulling, like it's or horizontal pulling. And then um, at the days at home, I'd probably be doing full body as well, since I'm already doing full body there, and it would be. A lot of dumbbell pressing, a lot of dumbbell rowing, dumbbell RDLs, dumbbell cyclists and goblet squats, dumbbell lunges, um, curls, lateral raises. Like you can do so much with dumbbells. Like all your isolation, all your accessory work is just taken care of. Like yeah. you don't really need anything else. So I would just go to the gym and do the, your bread and butter. 
bench squat, deadlift, and some heavy rows, get out of there. You could literally go bench squat, deadlift, and then like a heavy T-bar seated cable or a seal row. So it's like a heavy, heavy compound row. And then just leave. Low rep, heavy strength. Touche. Basically all the things that you really One can't do at home. Week, yeah. All right. Um, I, I'm Brittany Kathler. This is her. Oh, <laughs> that's her name. Yeah. What? Wait, that's how the question started? No. I'm Brittany Kathler. <laughs> what did, What did you want to be when you were a kid other than a pro soccer player? I don't that's think I actually ever trainer. really wanted to be a pro soccer player. I think I think I would lo- have loved to, but I knew I wasn't going to be. It was one of those Ouch, things. dude. Didn't believe in yourself? I mean, I was re- a realistic ah. kid. <laughs> ah. Like, it just I, – I played – Chad Muska. I – I'm surprised you know who Chad Musk is. Do you Hack Pro Skater? They're bringing back Shorties, which was his uh, skateboard company. Oh. My brother sent me a thing the other day. Oh. They're bringing it back. Chad Muska was sick. Yeah. He was – He was. yeah, he was – He's uh, a bad boy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was like – He was like you. Kind of, no. I'm definitely not Chad Muska. Oh. Chad Muska was like – I don't know. Like when you were Very 16. Hood. When you were 16. Uh, maybe. Like the way I skateboard. He was one of my first skateboarders. But – um. Anyway, uh, oh, what did I want to be? I don't think I ever actually wanted to be a soccer player. I, I, like, I wanted to go to like a junior college or any college I can get into for soccer just to be able to go to college. Yeah. But I never really was like, I'm going to be pro. Yeah. Because we went to what, like a 2A school? Yeah. And like playing varsity for 2A is not like that cool. Is that just a Washington thing or all – like 2A, 3A? No, that is. Yep. Just Washington? No, no, no. That's like nationwide. Okay. Yep. So very small school. Um, and Te- on top of that, Texas I w- has 6A and Oregon. Damn. Yeah. They're like – I think co- 4A is the colleges. biggest for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like yep. f- for me, like playing varsity at a 2A school and not even being like the best on the varsity was never like a thing where it's like I'm going to go pro. Yeah. Because it was like you would have to be like like so good on that team yeah. to like even have that aspiration. Yeah. Um. But – and it's the same thing with skateboarding. It's like I would love to be a pro skateboarder, but it wasn't going to happen. I knew that because there was people like Ryan Sheckler coming out who were my age that were like kick flipping over cars. And I'm like, I just learned how to kick flip on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> He's 14. <laughs> and my brother was really good. So I remember just, you know, if he if there's no way he's going to be pro and he's way better than me, like I'm screwed. Damn. But um, and this is gonna I'm sound depressing. <laughs> this is gonna sound funny. There was a point in time where I actually believed, and I still think to this day, if I would have actually kept doing it, I think I could have gone pro as a like an aggressive roll later, like skate skater, dude. Like you know, like remember trick skates? Oh like, yeah. Like skate barn, the yeah. b- huge oh, indoor skate park. It's like a massive. That's warehouse. still my email, dude. Solomon ST nine. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. So I I always rode razors, yeah. but um, uh, razor Genesis. Those were the ones, but. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is like rollerblading is just like so lame. No offense to anybody listening to rollerblades, but I just remember like my brother skateboarding and being like, "Dude, you're so lame! Like, don't even hang out with me. You're a fruit booter. You're a yeah. rollerblader." And I'm just like, "Man, skateboarding's way cooler. I gotta start skateboarding." Yeah. So I quit rollerblading. I started skateboarding. But dude, I was like 13, 14, and I was I was literally doing handrails down 20 stairs as a kid. 13, 14 years old, ju- like literally jumping up, grinding on a fucking rail downstairs at a store. It's nuts. Yeah. And 
And your brother told you you suck. And he's just like, you're so lame, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally gave it up. But, oh, my God. But that's man. why, like, I think about now. I'm like, man, if I was 13 and I had the balls to do some of that stuff and I was doing it, like, good, fuck, dude, I would be amazing today. Yeah. And this is what's – when we were – it was at uh, – the what's what's the night before your wedding called the reception oh is that the reception reception dinner reception dinner yeah and we went to your house and had a bonfire afterwards all the guys yeah and brett was like oh i just ordered some rollerblades do you remember this no and he's like telling me and i'm like no you didn't and he showed me and they were the razor and he's like you used to have these and i was like dude i literally looked up i was like dude i'm gonna do it like let's fucking let's skate i I was so sick like i'm down and then, uh, and I had a few drinks in me on my wedding night. <laughs> yeah. I woke up the next morning and I saw it on my browser. I was like, thank God I didn't purchase those. Yeah. There's no way I'm doing that today. No. Too old for that shit. Yeah. Uh, you still skateboard. I still skateboard sometimes, but like. Hell of a lot more you dangerous can, than skiing. What do you want to I mean, it? yes and no, because with rollerblading, I was doing such bigger things. Yeah. That it was, the potential of our injury was way higher. Yeah. But with skateboarding, there is a great potential, but I'm doing, like, little shit. Like, you can tell I'm, like, one of the dads at the skate park now because I'm, like, cruising yeah. and, like, carving around the bowl and doing, like, little tricks yeah. where, like, the, the kids are, like, trying to grind the rails and stuff like that. And I'm, like, I, I'm not going to hurt myself. But um, that was probably what I wanted to be as a rollerblader. Yeah. And then after that, because I gave that up, I, I honestly had literally had – zero idea there was a point in time where i was i was trying to go to school at the art institute and i wanted to start a clothing company like i really i a lot of people know this but i tried to start a clothing company you and i started a business clothing company and started pr- like pr- printing shirts we got a website up and then i just it completely failed like it was just what was it called kaizen so it was kaizen lifestyle clothing and it was kaizen means continuous improvement oh. and the logo was a k theo started it with me and it was uh, a snake around like so around it was a circle and it was a snake eating its own tail for like constant evolution uh-huh. um it was a dope and we had some sick hoodies we had sick shirts we used this thing called uh uh, uh what was it? it's from the alchemist uh the quote finding your personal legend or something like that. Like it was super dope, but it just, we just didn't know how to run a business yeah. at the time. So it failed miserably. Um, but that was my first plan. I was like, I'm going to go. And I was really into like streetwear and not necessarily shoes like you are, but like Chucks, Vans, yeah. some Jordans, Nikes, a lot of Crooks and Castles and different shirts and clothing companies like that. And I was like, I'm going to start one of those. Mm. And then uh, I realized how expensive it was to go to the Art Institute. And I was like, yep. That's not gonna happen. Well, I I don't get what, what what are you going to the art institute for? Because that's how you can become like basically. I would go there. I would learn to study the, what clothing design, like fashion. Uh-huh. You go there and you can learn how to like how do you design logos? How do you do Photoshop? How do you print shirts? How do you sew? And you like start from the ground up and you mm-hmm. build that. Like a lot of people that have own like big clothing companies or fashion companies. That's how they like they start there. Um, and then uh, and then it was like yeah, I went to the art institute with your brother. Yeah, because he was gonna go for yeah. video. Me, um, me, Zach, Vinny, and Connor, Courtney. No, that's a different grade. But anyway, oh, all, to tour it. Yeah, we went to orientation uh, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we both, saw the price tag. Yeah, we both didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, and then after that, I was like, I'm gonna just fucking sell oil because yeah. everybody always needs gas. Yeah, and that's what my dad does. You sold oil. No, but oh. my dad does. He's in the he sells lubricants technically, but he's yeah. in the industry, and he was always just like, "Just do what I do. You're great at selling. Yeah, you can talk." Yeah. I'm like, "But you never did." No, because I hate. I like. I don't like oil. What the yeah. fuck? No passion for that. Yeah, at all. But uh, yeah. 
So there, there was a <laughs> there was a wave of different things that I was gonna do. All right, I got a question for you. If you could do anything today, like like you you couldn't do what you're doing now, so you couldn't say like this at a bigger level, but you had to like drop this, do something else that you like mastered as a craft. What would it be? Professional athlete. I mean, what kind of athlete? I would love to say basketball, but I want there's every every guy. I could that, see you as a golfer. Oh, dude, yeah, golf done. Sick. done. Yeah, absolutely. I can't picture I, you as a basketball player. Obviously. Yeah. Not, not typical basketball build. <laughs> no, absolutely. Holy shit, That'd I'd be love sick. to be a professional golfer. I'd be sick. Yeah. I went golfing with Dustin Thomas last night. Destroyed him. Nice. Yeah. I think being a professional golfer would be really fun. Yeah. I probably would be in a rock band, though. Like a really famous rock band. <laughs> I think it'd be sick. God. Just like shred, so different. shredding the guitar on stage. Yeah. be sick. All right. Last question, man. And this is all about you person is Taylor Bin 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 Laden. <laughs> Taylor no. Bin Laden. God. <laughs> How's your gaming phase going? Update on that. Kind of already touched on that yep. at the beginning, accidentally. Um it's Go going it. good, but I've hit a plateau. Yeah. Um I'm like stuck at this one seventy eight, one seventy nine mark. And every time it bumps over it like drops right back down. So I think we're getting ready to push calories a little bit harder. But I, I would say like within the next one to three months I'm definitely stopping we we said like two to three but he, even my coach re- reiterated to me like hey this is like a two-way street like let me know when you're ready to stop because you are the one that knows you've put on an appreciable amount of muscle where you're satisfied with it so it's probably going to be realistically for me if i'm being honest probably between four to eight weeks from now after i just you're going to go into a cut yeah uh, it won't be like all right hard cut right away it'll probably be like a transition like let's go to maintenance sit here for a bit and then go down um, but again, that's, I mean, I'm, I put it in his hands, you yeah. know, like you run the show, but, um, I just think that I, in another one to two months, I, I feel like I probably will be just over 180 and I think I'll just be ready. I thought you were going to 185. I think that was like the original goal, but like I've already put on 10 pounds. Like I can't imagine putting on another seven to be honest with you, like a pure, like and I know I could push it at 185, but I don't think I'm willing to put on that amount of fat in order to get there or spend another six months getting there because it yeah. would take another six months at least. Yeah. So I think realistically I'll probably settle at like 181, 182 at most, and then we'll probably go for a cut. Because even then, like I started the, the lean gain phase at – lean gain bulk really yeah. – at 168, and I wasn't like shredded by any means. I did a photo shoot at 160. So I was already eight pounds up from photo shoot lean, which is like shredded. Yeah. And I started this bulk at 168, and now I'm 178. So that's a solid 10 pounds. So you want to get back to like 165 shredded? I think, honestly, I think, yeah, like between 165 and 170. But I, to me, I'm, I'm probably going to approach it from like a more sustainable approach. Like I'm going to be like, okay, let's give me as lean as possible that's sustainable. Yeah. I don't want to get to a point where I'm like – all right, now I got to gain weight again. I yeah. want it to be like, all right, I'm cool sitting here. Yeah. And then like maybe gaining a pound a year, like yeah. very slow because I'm, I'm going all performance after this just cause I miss testing certain metrics. Yeah. So I'm going to get back to powerlifting. I, I'm actually my, I've been considering picking up Olympic lifting. So like barbell snatch, clean and jerk. Wow. Mainly because it's, it's so extremely skillful. Yeah. It's extremely challenging. And to me, it's like, I know how to fire my muscles. I know how to build muscle. Like I've got the skill of that. Like powerlifting is cool, but I already have the skill of bench pressing. It's just a slow progress over time of getting stronger. 
like weightlifting is like it's like learning to play a new sport like it's mm-hmm. literally a new skill yeah so to me i might start doing a little bit of that um like a hybrid approach and then uh actually doing some like running like i want to improve my endurance and my conditioning because i can't run for shit yeah but that could be like hikes or like long like treks through the trails with a weight vest on could be a three mile run, like just kind of testing my ability. The waters. Yeah. But all that stuff is kind of distracts you from building muscle. So I'm just kind of waiting. Yeah. But, but yeah, otherwise I think it's going good. I'm ready to be done soon though. Dope. Well, that's almost an hour and 10 minutes. Yep. That's the last that of it guys. Q&A. Remember buy a shirt, fuck cancer, donate to the cause. We will match it. I appreciate you for doing so. And the shirts are super cool for women um i think it says this on there but they run a little small so if you normally wear a small you might want to get a medium um guys kind of but it's just an athletic fit so if you don't like an athletic fit maybe get a size big but for most guys like i wear a medium and i wear a medium in that shirt still and it's if it's fitted but it's not like medium you know um but all the women that have gotten them so far from this this brand said that they run a little small you might need to go up a size. Cool. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.